No, nah, dude, you did it. I'll, I'll just stop hiccuping because you told me to. Uh-huh. That is that is what I said. Yeah, that's how it works. It is. I've had the hiccups, I know. And we dribble yeah, yeah. And we dribble yeah, yeah. And we dribble yeah. We put some shots up and we dribble For ball we know, episode 28, it's Nate. And that other guy. Uh, some call him Hop or a Some, yes. A select few. All the two listeners of this podcast do. 90% of the people in my life, but you know. So a total of two the listeners of oh. this podcast. <laughs> well, three, including me. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Oh, okay. Anyways, uh, welcome back to another riveting week of For Ball We Know, because ball is all we know here at For Ball We Know. Facts. And um, yeah, let's jump into it and get the the kick game going because that's probably generally one of the more exciting parts of every episode, I think. Wow. Wow. Well, just because the kicks are that fire, not because we suck. (laughs) (laughs) They are that heat. Uh, So this week we got, what do we got? Langston Galloway. Yeah. There's a name. Throwback. (laughs) Um, He was rocking some custom and i mean custom kicks because so we, we don't even know what these are what are they called the q4s the their q4 is the brand and these are his particular model the lg9s these look like some shopco sneakers if you ask me <laughs> ouch bro you're <laughs> savage maybe kmart maybe he stepped, stepped his game up to kmart i don't know kmart Kmart, I've been to a Kmart in a hundred years. I just mean like I don't know the off-brand name, and they look kind of interesting, but they're better than big baller shoes. So, well, for the record, Q4 it currently has four athletes signed to them: Langston Galloway, Etwan Moore of the Pelicans, Darren Collison of the Pacers, and from the Guangzhou Long Lions, Maurice Spates. Yeah, so Langston stays rocking the the cartoons because I see on here he got a Nickelodeon Rocket Power one a couple weeks ago. That's dope. Uh, but this week, however, he had a code name Kids Next Door. Uh, what was that? Cartoon Network. Yep. Yeah, custom one with all their faces on it and stuff. Uh, hey, Hop and I used to watch the show back in the day. Uh, yeah. If you was... don't know Code Name Kids Next Door, I'm sorry. It's a classic. Yeah. True. And I, uh, these shoes are actually sick. Like I wasn't docking the shoes too much. Just the Q4 looks kind of <laughs> suspicious. You know, it just, it doesn't <laughs> look very chewy. <laughs> All right. Moving on though. These are pretty fresh. They got some, some gray, blue, red with, with the whole gang from Codename Kids Next Door on there. Gang, so gang. G- gang, gang, gang. <laughs> Give that a click. They're pretty lit. Yeah. We Football, we know gang be listening and clicking in some other sneaker news you may have heard Uh-oh. of Kawhi leonard oh god dad alert <laughs> <laughs> grandpa alert uh so Kawhi finally got a shoe deal oh man none other than <laughs> new balance <laughs> new balance yeah but you know no one knew where's those all the old people so the old balance Old man Leonard just like fits. Like he just sounds like a like an old grandpa's name. Old man Leonard <laughs> wearing his Kawhi ones. Uh, so, as per usual, NBA Twitter had a field day with this. Um, <clears throat> you don't know, which most of you should. There's like there was a huge meme going around the internet where uh, dads are notoriously known to wear like old bulky New Balance shoes. And uh, so when this came out, everybody was just like, wow, this fits Kawhi so well. This is crazy to me. Um, It's Kawhi. (laughs) Apparently, Kawhi turned down an extension from Jordan earlier this year, which was a four-year deal for 22 mil. How much New Balance paid him? I thought they were about to go bankrupt, honestly. I don't know. (laughs) All the dads uh, and grandpas keeping him in business. Oh, here's an interesting stat for you. The uh, New Balance made NBA shoes in the late 1980s, and they had a James Worthy signature shoe. And they last, released basket- they last released basketball models during the late 2000s. 
and they're expected to debut a new basketball model, but there's no timeline out yet. Yeah, um, Matt Bonner used to wear some New Balances. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Kawhi's ex It looks like, looks like New Balance also pitched to Embiid, Kelly Oubre, and Gordon Hayward, but each signed elsewhere. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they must be paying man's a lot of money <laughs> or have a really sick shoe coming out that no one's going to see coming. Well, for the record, Kawhi said on Wednesday morning uh, that it's not official. He and New Balance haven't announced anything. So, well, he's probably just told to say that. <laughs> or there's an actual match clause from somewhere else in the works. Yeah, maybe. Uh, either way, like I said, NBA Twitter had a field day. Uh, the best tweet that I saw about this was uh, that the tweet said, the line outside the New Balance store when the Kawhi ones drop. And it was a picture of a bunch of old people standing outside a store in a line. <laughs> So that was pretty good. There's actually some people saying too that New Balance must be Popovich's favorite shoe brand, and that's why Kawhi signed it. <laughs> just, just pretty ruthless. In spite of him. <laughs> oh, just despite the poor guy. Another another terrible sneaker news. Uh Steph Curry is returning. <laughs> his Killer un- segue. That boy has some weak shoes. His Under Armour shoes look like boats. And not like speedboats or, you know, they look like pirate ships. Like, they're cruise liners. Like, they're boaty and bad. And uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Steph. They're just terrible. Well, in interesting news, though, just before we get into Steph the person and we talk about Steph the shoe. Um, right. Apparently, a fan asked Steph why the Curry Fives don't come in girl sizes. And he called Under Armour right away to correct that issue. Well, I think that's a great gesture from Steph. I'm also curious why they don't have their shoes in girls' sizes already. Well, you heard it here first, folks. For for ball we know is strict against sexism, and that right there is the top of the line of like or the bottom of the. What, what you know what you know what it's I mean? bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> that's sexist. <laughs> so uh, cool gesture from Steph, but Under Armour step your game up. Anyway, on to Steph the person. Nathan, yeah, what fail. were you saying? Uh, yes, L. Steph is set to return to the Dubs lineup Saturday against Detroit. Uh, game two of a five-game road trip for the Warriors. Which means that as we record this on the 29th, uh, a game versus Toronto that Summer Hailing is a potential finals matchup, which to me feels a little bit early. But... Uh, Interesting, nevertheless. That would have been cool to see them go at it with both teams at near 100%, but nevertheless. Yes, and like Alex said, we're recording this on Thursday, November 29th, because I forgot to say that. Got you. Um, Golden to, State has To not... piggyback off of what you just said, though, the Raptors now have the best record in the league. Just thought I'd they throw do. that out there, which is kind of weird. Yeah, they definitely do. Didn't see that coming. Uh, it's not terribly surprising though. I mean, they upgraded at one position and they really only needed to adjust to one guy. I mean, I think honestly the East is probably better, but you don't have that game you dread of LeBron Mm -hmm. and I think it makes sense, but, um, here's who no longer have the best record in the NBA because they've been playing like booty since Steph got hurt. Um, Seems like they turned it around a little bit in this stretch without Steph. Uh, they've been two and five, or they started out two and five, including a in which they were zero and four. But they Woo. they won their last three games. Lost uh, <laughs> performances from KD. Finally, he's been shooting about he's been shooting about fifty percent. He went thirty two nine and seven, forty four thirteen and seven, and nine. Um, you wonder where he was before that, but. Uh, it's still in Oklahoma City. I don't know. The fact <laughs> that finally this figured dude, it out. The, the fact that this guy, who's supposed to be like people, some people have said he's overtaken LeBron for the best player in the league. Yada yada. This just proves he has not. Like he can't lead Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and a few other guys who are are not bad players to a better record than five and nine when five, Steph's out. They're five five, right? No, they lost those four. Oh, I, oh, I, okay. including zero and four. I thought five it was five, but plus. Okay. nevertheless, the so, fact that they they started their season so well with Steph, they were, I mean, absolutely red hot, and then Steph's out, and you go five hundred. It's not a good look. 
Yeah, well, my point's not as heavy now that I did math correctly. No, but I, I think that you make a great point in that you want to talk about KD as this elite player, but he hasn't shown that he team two wins. And I mean, that's it, been the story his entire career. He couldn't do it in Oklahoma City, so he left. He can't obviously do it even in Golden State without Steph. So you wonder about his value and his leadership and if he really is a top three player in the league. And LeBron's carrying a bunch of kindergartners and elderly to like a better record than five and five in that amount of games. Yeah. And I mean, you wonder if it's just an adjustment. Big KD has been playing well these last few nights. Maybe, maybe tonight or when they, when they do play Toronto will be a good measure now that he's adjusted and you kind of see what that's all about. But when Steph it'll comes be, back, it'll be weird to see when Steph comes back, what he will do now. Cause now it seems like he's kind of stepping into it and be like, Oh, I can just do this every night. <laughs> then Steph comes back. That might be a little different, you know? That's what he's been asked to do his whole career, though, is be the guy, and he's failed at it time and again. So I think he'll happily settle back into his his role as the guy opposite Steph, and they'll win a bunch of games, and that'll be the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Draymond should be coming back here in the next couple of days also. Um, to wrap all this up, some of you may have saw Steph Curry was actually in a car accident in L.A., or the Oak Bay area, as you know, the locals call it. Uh, there was there's a video release because of course there was, but like <laughs> naturally, what are, what are the odds that some dude on the other side of the freeway has a freaking uh, what dashboard cam like looking out onto the road in front of him? Like no one has those, <laughs> but this real dude, casual. Yeah, this dude just magically did. So you see, it was raining in California, which rarely happens, but when it does, apparently people just freak out, and so this <laughs> this car slid. Uh, looked like a hydroplane or something slid right into Curry's car. Curry's car hit the median and did like a 360. It the crash looked terrible, but like there was yeah. pictures released of Steph just like talking to the cops and stuff and just like laughing. And he even took a picture with all of them and stuff. So <laughs> that's very Steph. Yeah, that's very Steph. Um, it, no, it's fortunate that he wasn't hurt worse and that it didn't turn out worse than, than it looked. No, th- th- what I was going to say is, like, he has this groin injury. He's been out so long, and then he just he's about to come back and he gets in this accident, and maybe he's out longer. He's lucky he's not out longer. Yeah, true. <clears throat> but no matter how much people may dislike him for how good he is or whatever, don't ever want to see anybody get in a scary accident like that. Most definitely. So, glad he's okay. Smile. And look, and although we are glad he is okay, we are not looking forward to his return <laughs> <laughs> because we don't like Golden State. But be that as it may, I don't think a lot of people do. So I don't think we're alone there. Well, why don't we move on then to the team we thought could beat Golden State, but really doesn't look like it right now? Uh, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo. No, that was good. Uh, so why are you yeah. booing it? That was good. Because <laughs> it was corny. But uh, we Houston do, though. Certainly does have. I don't have a problem. Houston does. Houston, you have a problem. No, we, uh, we have a problem because we want them to beat Golden State. And it's not- oh, all right. Boom. Fine. Okay. You win. Uh, Houston is currently <laughs> sitting at 9 and 11. Um, they are 1 and 5 in their last six games, and they're currently on a four game skid including losses to the Pistons, the Cavaliers, the Mavericks, and an overtime loss to the Wizards, despite Harden's 54, 8, and 13, including 50 in regulation. It's so weird to me. Like, when you said Pistons, I was, like, instantly thinking, ah, it's a bad loss. The Pistons are good this year. They have been (laughs) playing well. Like, really good. And I'm just like, I had to, like, double take, like, because you emphasize Pistons. And so that made me think, like, oh, Pistons. So then I was like, wait a minute. The Pistons are actually doing pretty good this year. No, I I definitely agree. (laughs) The Pistons are playing pretty well. But you just look at this this lineup of teams they're losing to. Yeah. 11 and 7. But when you throw in the Cavaliers... No, no, yeah. The, the Mavs I, I agree. And they still, the, these are not good losses. I was just. And a disintegrating Wizards team. Yeah. Um, the, that said. The Wizards are, is the Pistons of this year, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they kind of are. That's a good point. Um, so when asked about it, uh, D'Antoni said that depth has been a problem for them, which is not 
not an incre- incredibly astute observation. It's kind of obvious. They've been playing without Chris Paul and Gerald Green, both of whom should return Friday, November 30th against San Antonio. Um, and Nene should also be ready for his season debut after being out with a calf strain. A calf strain. Um, there you go. For this whole start of the season. So you kind of figure with those those three guys coming into the lineup, now you're not having to play with your ninth and tenth guy on the bench. Instead, you can play with your, you know, sixth, seventh guy on the bench, maybe dip into eight when you need to, which feels like it'll make a considerable difference. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, yeah, the I don't know, man. The Rockets just don't look good. You really, no. you really hope that they can pick it up, like you said, once these guys come back, um, or just get healthier. But yeah, I so mean, far, there's... not very good. Uh, like it feels like the NBA has been like going for like six months now because I've been watching so much of it. But it's like it's still only been like twenty games. <laughs> yeah, no, there is a lot of time, but you kind of wonder if that whole Houston experiment was kind of a one and done thing where Mm -hmm. they had all of the pieces, Chris Paul gets hurt. And then in the off season, you lose two guys who are outstanding defenders at that three slot. You go through with this kind of mellow experiment to see if he can fit into your roster and whether or not he was the fall guy for the whole sitch, it didn't work out. And so now you're, you're kind of left with less pieces than you had last year. And you're sitting on a below 500 record to start, you know, a quarter of the way into the season. Yeah. I agree. Like just shame, shame, shame. They're really not looking like the team that's going to take the West last year. It was very convincing and they fell just short this year. It really isn't looking like it so far. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see as we move into this second quarter of the season towards the all-star break, if having these guys back will make a significant enough difference, but you hope they can a team uh, to watch. get their stuff together and at least start winning some games. Like they don't have to be a powerhouse, but they're definitely not as bad of a team as they're playing currently. For sure. And there's still a team that if they're hot going into the playoffs, you don't want them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they have the shooters and they have the firepower and they've shown they can win. So yeah. Health will be the big factor. Uh, and some weather news. White Lightning was traded to the Jazz this week. Some weather news, and nobody calls him White Lightning. Nobody in the whole world. Channing Tatum calls him, or Channing Tatum. Channing Fry, not Channing Tatum. Channing, Channing Tatum. Channing Fry calls him White Lightning. That was his nickname he gave him on the Cavs. Anyway, Kyle Korver traded to the Jazz, going home, back to the White State. He just belongs on the jazz, man. (laughs) Yes. Along with Grayson Allen, those two can be the stars of the team. I Uh, hate Grayson Allen though, but yeah, you're right. (laughs) So yeah, the the Cavs traded him. uh, The Cavs received Alec Burks and two second, two future second round picks from the jazz. Um, Personally, that's really a good trade. Corver's an aging guard. The Cavs suck. They're going to suck for a while. The, the, be, the like the best thing to do for them is to get more picks or more players. And Alex Alec Burks is a guy that can shoot. Obviously, he's not going to be on like a quarter level, but he's still a shooter and a guy that you can use. So it's not like they just got like some guy that you know no one's ever heard of, and he's just going to ride the bench or go to the G League. Some bum, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and on the flip side of the coin, he's no mellow. <laughs> <laughs> the Jazz have really struggled with their shooting outside of Joe Ingles. So you feel like Corver going there might give them another legitimate three-point threat, which could be big for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cavs players, however, reportedly, quote, upset with the trade. Um, this was kind of an unofficial report, so can't speak too much to how true this was um, because the Cavs haven't been shooting terribly well either. It sounds like guys weren't thrilled with Corver getting shipped, but I found this very interesting. Apparently when Corver signed his deal in July of 2017, which was three years for $22 million with the Cavs, he made a gentleman's agreement with the Cavs in which if LeBron left in 2018 free agency, which he did, <laughs> that the Cavs would either trade Corver or buy him out of his contract. Interesting. 
I didn't know that was a thing that happened. And apparently it is where he said, hey, if LeBron leaves, I want to leave too. And so the Cavs honored that agreement and Corver's out. That's wild that you can just do that. And that the, ca- that the, the Cavs are just willing to do that. Yeah. I'm, at this point, though, if you're the Cavs, like like I said, like getting those picks and stuff, like that's the best thing they can do. So they're probably they probably weren't mad with it about it, and they're like, "You have more value currently than J.R. Smith does on the market, so we'll trade you first. Yeah, yeah. And from a forward-looking perspective, from both parties, Corver and the Cavaliers' whole organization, that makes sense. Even looking ahead, if LeBron leaves, you have nothing. And Corver's value was as being a shooter for LeBron. So yeah, why not? And it makes sense for him. It's like you're aging. You know, you don't want to be on a team that's going to be tanking for the next three or four years as you're about to retire. So yeah. like, so you want to be on a winner, which is, you know, he's following the David West mantra, you know? so And as a guy who can still contribute, right? You're not just going and sitting on the bench on a team that oh, can win. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You're going and still playing and and playing the seven role. threes a game and hitting six of them <laughs> exactly as he does yeah and he was a big factor on that championship team so and he's been shooting 46 percent from three this year so was, for what it's worth or no he wasn't on the championship team huh corver yeah i don't remember well, good thing we have the internet. Hold, please. There's <laughs> some please je- hold. Jeopardy music here. Um, no, he wasn't. He was on the Hawks until 2017, and then he went to the Cavs 2017-18. So he was there for two years, or was it just last season then? But yeah, year and a year and some change. Huh. Wow. I didn't. I thought it felt longer. I don't know why. It did. It felt yeah. like he was there for like three years. <laughs> Nope. Short stint, but wishing Corver good luck in Utah. Maybe that's the piece they need to uh, right. stop sucking so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of sucking, Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> You're ruthless. They, uh, they suck. and they... they currently sit at 8 and 13 for those keeping track at home. Yes, and um, a big piece of this offseason for them was signing Dwight Howard. However, he's been out for some time with a nerve injury in his glutes, AKA his butt. Um, and thanks so, for that. And so now he has been, uh, reportedly seek, he's trying to seek a nerve specialist about that glute so he can get Supposed it better to meet with someone in LA. It sounds like, uh, of course. And, uh, he'll probably get an ass implant while he's there too. <laughs> and, uh, and try to get that injury better. So that hasn't helped them, obviously losing Gortat and then having their, their big man that's supposed to be, you know, helping them try to get make the playoffs. It's supposed to be filling that hole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that large hole because Gortat's a large man. And he's injured. As is Dwight Howard. He's got some shoulders. Yeah, but he's shorter. Still. <laughs> probably takes up more space. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there is a little more that came out this week about Dwight Howard. Nothing's been confirmed, but there's been some videos and pictures and yada yada and a a really long twitter thread there's some weird stuff going on in dwight howard's personal life Mm -hmm. and in his love life and his whatever that we don't want to get into on the pod just his life in general (laughs) we we thought that we would just throw it out there if you're interested literally just search dwight howard and if something looks weird that's it (laughs) yep i mean i could link her at real quick and then people can find the twitter if they want do what you will but I feel like if you just let me see what happens, Dwight Howard, enter. Oh, okay. Honestly, okay. A, a lot of basketball stuff came up first. No, it did. It did. Yeah. Well, we're wrong. Sorry. Uh, there is no, a, I, I, there's videos that come there's up. There's an like, hour and 15 minute video. Okay. This is unimportant. This isn't really about basketball, but if you're interested in what's going on in Dwight Howard's life, do your research. We're going to stick to it's interesting. It, it is. But uh, other wizard stuff, we have talked about this in recent weeks. Um, there was that whole fiasco where John Wall cursed at their coach, and, and there's all this madness about they're willing to trade anyone on their roster whatever something we failed to mention was after all this drama bradley beal said on the record 
I've been dealing with this for seven years. Mm, that's right. I forgot about that. That sounds unpleasant. Yeah, it doesn't um, sound like he's like happy about dealing with it. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, and it sounds like there's been some rumors uh, just about potential trade destinations for Beal, what that could look like. Um, one that I found particularly intriguing is potentially Beal to the Lakers in some kind of deal that includes Brandon Ingram. Um, if, if you do that, though, that has to include Josh Hart. They're like very similar players and play styles. And I think that'd be like a a bad situation for Josh Hart. <laughs> I think you'd want to be in that trade. And if I'm the Lakers, I don't want to ship Josh Hart. I know you don't want to, but like if you're Josh Hart, you got to ask for it because like that guy's taking all your minutes. <laughs> True. Uh, nevertheless, we'll see what develops out of that. I I feel like the Wizards need to make a move. Um, they need to do something, have... whether or not it's trading a star or not. But you've had this same set of guys for a lifetime and nothing has come of it. This they're kind of like I've said before at that Raptors juncture. Are you going to stick it out and see if you can win with these guys? Or are you going to say this isn't working and move on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to note, Beal's contract isn't up until after the 2020 2021 season. So he Oof. still has two more years. He's in there for a minute. Yeah, so they don't have to trade him right away. And what about John Wall? They don't really need to trade him right away, although they should. So, uh, yeah. Let Do you look. know how long John Wall is there? Let me look for you. Oh, he signed an extension through 2023. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Well, and then maybe John Wall is having a different experience than Beal is on that note. Perhaps he's more frustrated that his name was put up that he could be on the block when he just signed his big extension. I don't think John Wall is really sweating, though. He signed a $207 million extension. So John Wall seems like he's just trying to chill. Yeah, <laughs> he's just trying to sit in his house in Malibu. <laughs> just trying to get that paper. Yeah, drinking daiquiris. <laughs> Swimming in cash flow. Always. Jeez. Must be nice. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. I bet. They should do something. And they should do it quick. But we'll see what happens. Is yes, there? Uh, to begin the Lakers part of the, the pod. Which, God, I hate when you say that. Which basically is just the LeBron part of the pod. Uh, I thought this was interesting this week. People made a big deal out of this. But you can make whatever you want out of it. Um. LeBron commented on an IG post from ESPN that was about Coach K. It had like a quote on it from a game or something. And uh, LeBron said, big facts, love Coach K, the absolute best. Hope he's still at the helm when my boy comes up with like the the rub your chin emoji. The thinking emoji. Hmm. Yeah. Um, So I said like everybody's looking at this kind of hard, mainly because – LeBron doesn't really seem like the type of dad to like tell his son what to do. Like in that regard, like, Hey, you need to go to this school because he's the best. He's sending Bronny to university of Akron. (laughs) He seems more like a guy that's kind of like, Hey, you do what's best for you. Like this is your life. You live it. I mean, he's came on the record saying he regrets giving him his name. So like that kind of stupid. So I don't really think it's that big a deal. Obviously if his son, like, did choose Duke, he'd be ecstatic because Coach K has coached LeBron in the past for Team USA and the Olympics. So uh, that's obviously where LeBron's respect comes from. He obviously respects him as like a person and as a coach. And Duke just sounds like the smartest place to go as an elite player. As of you right have, now, yes. <laughs> you have the best coach in the whole world and you're for sure going to be playing alongside a couple other superstars and mm-hmm. if you want to win in the NBA, that's what you're going to do there too. So yeah. why not learn how to do it sooner and rather than later? If you make it to Duke or a, any kind of top tier NCAA program, you're gonna get drafted solely based on your dad's or your last name and your first name, I guess. <laughs> In this case, yes. Yeah. So he's not gonna have to worry about getting drafted if he makes it that far. Um, it seems like he's just a really good player too, so I don't think it'll be that big a deal. No, yeah. So it's not really that big a deal coaches have been recruiting him since he was like in 10th grade or since he was like 10 i should say facts 
So, Stupid, but facts. Yeah, very dumb. But yeah, that'd be interesting if he went there. Uh, Duke's been good these last few years with good. Recruits. Yeah, okay. With their recruits and whatnot, they've like Kentucky was the team for a while, but now it's kind of Duke's were. turn. It was Kansas before that. Mm-hmm. But we'll get back to the NCA talk a little later in the episode. Cool. But we're not done with LeBron yet. No, um, we never are. <laughs> some rumors came out about Mr. James saying that he was ignoring Luke Walton's play calls while running the point. Essentially just talking about his character. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> essentially, he would be bringing the ball up and Luke Walton would call a play and LeBron would just call a different play and <laughs> run his own set. Um, this report then went on to say that it, that has kind of become the norm and they've settled into that and that it's fine. Um, however, Magic Johnson had some very different things to say about this. Um, he did note that he doesn't want the LA offense to run through LeBron saying, quote, it's Cleveland all over again. And we don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, obviously you want your offense to run through LeBron to some degree because he's LeBron, but nevertheless, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, cause that, you know, is the situation that would be at hand. <laughs> it's like precisely. So those comments are not, you know, uh, unfounded. Yeah, and for sure something that Magic wouldn't take lightly. Um, He went on to say that uh, the reporter who said that, quote, got it wrong. This is all about making sure that they can say something on ESPN and everybody can just talk. We have a system. The ball moves around. A lot of pick and roll plays. If you watch this play, the ball is not in LeBron James' hands all the time. It can't be because you want to pass it around. You want to get into your pick and roll plays. But, hey, we're the Lakers. People are going to be talking about us, and that's not how it's going right now. Mm -hmm. I trust Magic. I would not be surprised, however, if LeBron did have a little bit of this going on. Hey, run this. Uh, excuse me, Luke Walton, you were picked way after me in the same draft, and you're coaching now, and I'm the greatest player ever. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't think that's unfounded, but that can't be how it works. Right. And I'm sure if that is happening, Magic is nipping that in the butt real quick. And I think LeBron has a lot of respect for Magic. So if this has been happening, it won't keep happening. Yeah. Uh, good good reporting, Ahop, because I don't have anything <laughs> to say on that. Like, there's not a lot more you could say, but yeah. That, yeah. That was good. <laughs> it's got to be hard at, if you're LeBron, though, having been the guy who ran the whole team for so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In Cleveland, he did it. It sounds like he did some of it in Miami. So, right. It's an adjustment. For sure. Um, So, yeah, there was some interesting things that happened in Phoenix this week. Uh, We've been talking about their little saga going on as they're trying to rebuild and having some good games, but always coming up short. Uh, Booker said that he would like a super team, but he would like the super team to come to him. He doesn't want to leave and go get players or, or, I guess, not go get them, go join them elsewhere. He wants the team to come to him, which... I guess bodes well for the city of Phoenix. They could be like, Hey, this guy's here for a while, you know, (laughs) but, uh, that was kind of interesting. And then after he said that, I also thought it was interesting that, uh, um, Oh wait, (laughs) I did want to mention something real quick. Ahop actually found or put this. So after Devin Booker said that, I think it was what (laughs) bleacher report that posted it. Yeah. And Something like that. Yeah, or House of Highlights. I don't know. There was a comment that that was like in reference to Devin Booker saying, if you go 70 and 12, KD will come running. And then it had the snake emoji. And I think it said, wait, I mean, slithering after that. It did. You're right. <laughs> he said, my bad. I mean, slithering. That guy wins Instagram. Just for, We just had to tell you that. Might have been Facebook, actually. I don't know. Anyway. I saw it on Instagram, but nevertheless. Too many medium um yeah but after this comment i don't know if there's anything to do with it or i mean i wouldn't assume so but uh they cut isaiah cannon who's their last point guard that they had on the roster at the time so kind of interesting there however so what does that mean they do have two young guys that were in the g league both rookies um the deandre melton uh where'd he play i want to say like Michigan or something. And then Eli Okobo or Eli Okobo, he's from France and he was drafted this year 
Um, what round was he in? Okay, I thought it said. Oh no, he wasn't drafted this year. He was drafted in. Oh my god, this thing be lying. It said uh, playing career 2015. He was drafted 2018 to the Suns, and he's been going back and forth through the G League this year. Um, he was the second pick, 31st overall, second round pick. Sorry. And then DeAndre Melton or DeAnthony Melton, excuse me. Uh, USC, that's where he was. USC drafted this year to the Rockets, second round, 46 pick, and somehow the Suns got him. Anyways, they just recalled DeAnthony Melton from the G League after waving Cannon. Uh, and then I think they're going to keep Okobo up there. And Okobo last night had 12 points or something like that in his like first big minute game against the Clippers. Obviously, they lost because Suns. But I was thinking maybe they cut Cannon trying to either get these guys' stocks up so they can start trading people or they were just trying to clear some cap space for the offseason so they can you know sign that super team for Book. But either way, definitely is something interesting to come out and say. Just like, I want a super team. Well, but it's also kind of a sign of the times. It feels to me like this Isaiah Cannon move. So you're four and 17. You have a promising young center. You have some pieces. Mm -hmm. You, I mean, just play with it. Right. It feels to me like they're putting Devin Booker at point guard. Right. They, they, and they have been, which is kind of interesting, but it, this feels like they're committing to some degree because Booker was asked about this and he said he looks at playing point guard just as being a playmaker. He said he's fine with playing that position if that's what they want him to do. So I feel like moving him to point just with available guys that are free agents in the near future, Mm -hmm. it makes more sense to have him at point. And then they have, they can fill any of those two through four spots with some kind of versatile guard type guy and start working on this super team that Booker wants. Yeah. Uh, he, that's Booker's so close to just having like a breakout year where he's just like an MVP. And so you want him to kind of become like a Kobe type guy. Um, so we'll, we'll see if he can do that. And I think maybe that's why they're trying to have him handle the ball more, just like be more comfortable with the ball and be more of a playmaker and try to make your own shots. But as of right now, he's, he's doing a little bit of that. It's just, you'd like to see a little bit more especially since they're so bad. <laughs> I mean, that shooting guard position feels kind of dead though. Across the NBA. Yeah. I mean, if you're right now, if you're a premier player, we have a couple big men, we have a couple centers who are that guy, but who's ever, it's either some weird combo three, four guy who plays like a two, but he's six ten, or it's <laughs> a point guard. Those yeah. are your positions. I mean, even James Harden was playing point guard for a while for the Rockets. See, exactly. And he still functionally is a point guard in that system, I feel like, most of the time. They just have two guys who can bring the ball up. So Mm -hmm. it makes more sense, I think, from that perspective. You don't have Kobe-like guys really anymore. Right. And Booker doesn't have the same stature. Oh, he is 6'6", I guess. So he, But 6'6", is a point guard now. Right. So it feels more fitting. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, this next thing, this is your guy, so I think you should go on about this. So speaking of weird combo 3-4 guys who play like twos, this guy <laughs> isn't exactly one of them, but he's getting there. He, um, he's a weird 3-4 guy that plays like a 2, a 1, and a 5. Plays <laughs> <laughs> so like whatever he wants at the moment. Um, so this is an honor that should not be taken lightly by Giannis, obviously who we're referring to. Or anybody else. Yeah, as Shaq. Shaq voluntarily gives away his Superman nickname to Giannis. Now, I'll have you know that Shaq has been very defensive of this nickname in the past. And after the little Dwight Howard uh, dunk contest thing where he wore the whole Superman get up, Shaq maintained that he was that Dwight Howard was not Superman. And that was just a, a show, a gag kind of thing. So here's what Shaq had to say said, I've never given up my name. I've never given my name up before, but I'm giving it to him. He's the new Superman. I didn't hit no three-pointer either, but he's dominating, and that's what I like. He's dominating in the paint. You're taking it to the hole. You're throwing it down. You ain't shooting no flip shots. And you know what? 
I don't want to encourage big, big guys to shoot jumpers and three pointers. Stay your big ass on the inside and dominate (laughs) like you've been doing. So I denounced myself as Superman and I'm giving it to the Greek freak. You heard it here first. Wow. Uh, Shaq. Yes, this is awesome. Um, it's a very Shaq way to go about doing it where he says Giannis is doing it on the inside and it's none of this pretty shooting threes, foo-foo kind of stuff that it mm-hmm. seems like you need to be dominant in the league. Giannis doesn't have, and he still is absolutely just eating people up. Um, so I just thought this was a really cool gesture from Shaq. I think this is the right guy to give that mantle to. It's yeah, it's definitely interesting just because Shaq was, you know, not even close to the same player he is. Um, and Giannis, although he does score a lot from the post and in transition down and just down low in general, and he's obviously not a true big man. So I can see him calling Superman just based on like his gift. You know, he flies yeah. through the air like Superman. <laughs> but if you're going to go off like the Shaq version of Superman, like they tried to give it to Dwight Howard. That didn't really work out. Um, so if you're trying to go off that definition, I think we could, we could still wait a little while, but I see what he's saying. I feel like it's the, the dominance factor The the game is very different, but you look at, you know what Shaq's going to do mm-hmm. every time and mm-hmm. he still does it and it still works. You know what Giannis is going to do. He's not going to pull up and shoot it. He's going to attack your body. He's going to get into the key and he's going to dunk on you. And it doesn't matter what you do. That's going to happen. Yeah. So I think in that sense, they're the same player. For the record, Giannis is averaging 27, uh, almost 13 boards, and six assists a game this year. So dude is having an MVP kind of caliber season. Mm-hmm. Um, Superman. <laughs> to touch on something Ahop mentioned uh, earlier in the episode, there were some big nights in the NBA uh, this week, this past week. It was a long week for us because we recorded on a Tuesday. But uh, Harden, James Harden, we mentioned, dropped 54 in an overtime loss to the Wizards on Monday. Uh, KD, we also mentioned he's been playing pretty well. He had 49 in a Warriors win um, after they came back from down 18 against the Magic, which when I saw the game, I had it on for a little bit. I was like, oh, this game's over. And then I, <laughs> and then I, I think the game was still on when I went to bed because stupid daylight savings and so i woke up the next morning it was like katie had 49 magic or warriors come back and beat the magic down 18 i'm like what because <laughs> it was KD, over when i went to bed <laughs> i believe it katie also had 44 just a couple nights before that so mm-hmm. uh on wednesday yesterday for us uh russell westbrook had 23 19 and 15 and he, with that game, he tied J-Kid for third all-time in career triple-doubles. And at this rate, I think Russ will probably just be the lone guy at the top for triple-doubles when it's all said and done. <laughs> I think so, too, but he's got a ways to go. We're talking, like, 60 more triple-doubles. 60? Yeah. Oh, Oscar Robertson is, like, way far and away the most. Hey, he's only 30. He's got time. Oh, and I agree with you that he'll get there, but... Uh, he's tied with J kid at one Oh seven and Oscar Robertson had 181 light, slight work right there. Slight work. Um, I think Magic's sitting somewhere in the one thirty range. So, and then to wrap up the big nights, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, who we just talked about had a season high 36 and he added eight and 11, uh, yeah. just after winning Eastern conference player of the week. So, you know, just, uh, like cementing that award <laughs> like hey coming for next week too <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be surprised and now on to a, a story that was really intriguing to me and i know nothing about hey hop take it away <laughs> uh i just thought this was something pretty cool that happened recently um the nba opened up their first nba training center in africa this was in senegal uh so the facility features two indoor basketball courts what they call a multidimensional activity center. I don't know what that means, but it sounds fancy. A weight room, conference rooms, dorms, educational facilities, uh, and it'll be the primary training location for the academy in Africa uh, and for players there. Um, Since October 2016, the NBA has opened six of these facilities. This one, obviously, in Senegal, um, Australia, Mexico City, India, and three in China all came before this one. 
Mm. Um, so in addition to getting academic and athletic development, student athletes in these NBA academies receive life skills training, health and wellness education, financial management, and career development. Uh, and they compete in tournaments locally against other high-level talent, and they have the opportunity to make select teams that compete in international exhibition games and tournaments. Um, I would so, just like to add something if I can. Yeah. Uh, so just kind of like a fun fact here, I can give like a small list of current African NBA players and that this could help find more talent. Yeah. Uh, first being Joel Embiid. He's from yep. Cameroon. Uh, Sergi Baca from Congo. Luau Dang is from South Sudan. And Bismack Biyombo, Dominican Republic of the Congo. Uh, Thon Maker, Sudan. Luke Mba Amute, Cameroon. <laughs> Azili, Nigeria. Like, it's, the list kind of just keeps going, man. Yeah. You don't realize it until you, like, kind of look at it, take a step back. Well, and you look at uh, Gorgie Dang. He is from Senegal, and he just recently signed, like, a four-year, $50-some million contract. So mm-hmm. I think this is really cool. We talk about how the NBA is really centered in the States, but it's become increasingly an international game. So I think it's really cool that the NBA is branching out to these places and right. not necessarily all – they're not going to Europe, you know, because they already have all of the facilities. They already have basketball there. So I think this will be cool in making hoop more of a global game. For sure. Good stuff. Yeet. Next up, NCAA. That's right. It's back. Woo! And Bleacher Report came out with a early grades for the freshman class of, you know, the top guys that were being watched. And uh, just thought I'd go through them and kind of give my thoughts here. Uh, we've talked about all these guys, so... Um, go back and listen to previous episodes if you forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, first up, Quentin Grimes from Kansas. Uh, right now, he's averaging nine, three, three, and forty-seven percent from three-point land. Not bad. So the nine isn't good. Obviously, you'd want to see a guy that's ranked pretty high, scoring maybe like twelve. Get four, buckets. 12 to 14 a game something like that however the 47 percent from three looks good on your nba resume <laughs> certainly does so uh yeah he's doing well um a guy that we talked about i think we talked about him being more explosive than like a shooter honestly um so it's kind of surprising at the same time that he's 47 percent from deep um Bodes well for his draft stock, though. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm trying to find. Oh, that's records. There we go. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned Quentin Grimes is at Kansas. Yeah, he's and Kansas is five and zero right now, and I think they're ranked number two overall. Correct. So they're doing well, even though he's only averaging nine. But imagine if he was averaging more than nine, he might be even. They might be doing even better. Uh, the next guy on the list here is. Uh, EJ Montgomery uh, at Kentucky. He's averaging, oh, I might, might as well say Bleacher Report gave him a C plus, which I think is kind of harsh for the beginning of the season. That's Quentin Grimes, yeah. Yeah, I'd say at least like a B or something, or like a B minus because of the percentage. Uh, but yeah, EJ uh, Montgomery from Kentucky, he's averaging 6.7 per game, five and a half boards, and 1.8 blocks. So, you know. <laughs> Go him. Uh, I'm not sure if we actually talked about this guy. I don't believe so. But uh, where to go? So he is a big man. Uh, he's kind of in the footsteps of other great Kentucky big man. Um, yeah. <laughs> so far, though, he's been more of a scowl of Bissier than you know than like an Anthony Davis or something. Because Scal, uh, some people might not even know him. I think he plays in the Jazz. He was kind of just like a lengthy dude that just because of his athletic gifts got to the NBA, not because of his play. Yeah. Uh, so if this guy can continuously pull down boards and get blocks, that'll just get him to the league already. But averaging close to seven points per game will help you too. Uh, Bleacher Report gave him a D plus. I would probably go with more of a C just because it's early on in the season and Kentucky 
they're not the same Kentucky as they used to be. So it might be a little, a little different for them. Still ranked 10. Yeah. But usually they're ranked like three or two. True. Uh, another guy I know we talked about one of your favorites, uh, yep. Romeo Langford in out of Indiana right now. He's doing work. Uh, he has facts, 18 and a half points per game, just about six rebounds per game two assists, a steal. However, his three point shooting is lacking at 26%. So that his booty that hurts, <laughs> Uh, right now it doesn't look like he's going to be like an NBA sniper. It looks like he might be more of a Dennis Smith Jr. type of guy. I remember we compared his play style a little bit to Dwayne Wade, though, like a bigger Dwayne Wade. So I'm yeah. not terribly surprised by that. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, they did actually get smacked by Duke <laughs> recently. But... <laughs> I don't think. How many did Langford have in that game? I don't remember. Let me look because I'm curious now. Um, While you're looking that up, uh, Langford, however, he hasn't been shooting well from three, but he's been shooting 63.5% from inside the arc um, and shooting a lot of free throws, about seven a game. So I think that comparison to D-Wade holds true, a guy who's attacking the basket and comfortable shooting that mid-range jumper. Langford did get sent by Zion in the game, which was pretty... Well, that's not... Yeah, of course he did. Uh Langford, he only had 13 points in that fat L, and he went 0 for 4 from deep. So uh, There's just so many defenders, too, on that Duke team. You know, yeah. it's like... However, Indiana is 5-2 uh, and two now, so it's not terrible. They did end up yeah. losing 90-69, to 69, so that doesn't look good. But Duke's amazing, so it doesn't really surprise me. Indiana wasn't even ranked at this point. Yeah. Uh, so Bleacher gave him an A-. minus. I'd probably say that's fair. That's probably right about where I'd give him just because he's leading the team right now. Oh yeah. And you want to see your guy, you, you want to see a guy like him do that. Uh, next up, a guy we've talked about a little bit already, Zion Williamson, a plus right out the bat. Like, come on. He's averaging almost, almost 21 points, uh, nine and a half boards, almost three blocks a game two assists and one and a half steals per game. Like he's just like filling up the stat sheet. If you've ever watched any of his highlights, his like thing is fast break steals. And like when he gets the steals doing a crazy ass dunk, he's still doing that in college. Like I thought it would kind of die down a little bit, but no, I think if anything, it's increased. Not at all. (laughs) He just like anticipates the ball so well. And he's so big and fast. No one expects him to get there, but he does. And he has the luxury of being able to play that way because his teammates are so good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So Zion easily an A plus. Dude has just been balling. Uh, next he up, had, he had five steals in eighteen minutes against San Diego State. Yikes! Blocked six shots against Army. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, he just every game is like a new game for him, like a new player. He just comes out and he's like, yeah, this game I'm going to decide to get 10 blocks. Next game I'll get like 50 dunks. You know, he just <laughs> decides. Yeah, he had like do. six dunks one game. It's, free. it's ridiculous. Uh, next up, a unicorn in his own right, Bowl Bowl. This dude's 7-3, hitting threes. Yeah, big facts. And like step back threes nonetheless. Look up some of his highlights at Oregon because they're disgusting. 7-8 wingspan. Yeah, and he's hitting fadeaways and step backs and going behind his back. Like, he looks like a guard out there. Um, A-plus, easily. He's averaging 21 points, uh, just about 10 boards, slightly under, though. 2.8 blocks per game, uh, steal, and 53.8% from deep. (laughs) 54%. So, like, the thing about that is you might be like, oh, no, he's only shooting, like, a few every game no he's shooting like six seven a game like he's shooting a lot <laughs> like and he's the center and he's seven three with the seven, this dude is three. a monster if you ever seen his dad play minute bowl you know he could shoot too um but this is like a version of that on steroids this is what we were hoping that thon mccurr would be this is true and we're watching it now and it's amazing uh so yeah a plus easily check out some oregon and duke games because they're pretty lit this dude's tight (laughs) although they did lose to a team that was like two and four the other night texas southern so that was kind of bad for them but it looks like they had a guy go in the guy got hurt that game also Mm. and they were up but nevertheless uh next up nazir little this guy's kind of to me been a little disappointment 
He's got averaging 13 points, five boards, and almost one assist. Uh, he's got a B minus right now from Bleacher Report. I'd probably do C plus because I just maybe even a C just because I was a little higher on him than maybe most, just seeing his highlights and whatnot and what he's capable of. Um, yeah, I thought he was going to be a little more dope, but you know it's early. <laughs> yeah, it's just they're playing small or bad teams, small schools, so. Yeah, I uh, I thought he was gonna be pretty explosive, like uh, a little more than Stanley Johnson. I think is what I put. I mean, he's six seven two fifteen. Dude, dude has to bully his way. When you're six seven two fifteen in college, you're basically like Shaq. Like <laughs> that's big for college. Yeah. <laughs> so he needs to be down low, bullying a little more. Um, to wrap it up, R.J. Barrett, easily, you know, a guy that's just been doing work. Uh, I'd probably say an A minus or an A. Really? How, however, Duke said a D. I don't know why, because the dude. Uh, Bleacher Report said a D. Oh, I said Duke, huh? Bleacher Report said a D. Dude's averaging twenty three a game, almost six boards, four assists, and thirty one point six percent from three. Like, yeah, he could probably shoot a little better, but from the games I've watched, he's been playing really well. He's he's taking twenty one field goal attempts a game to score twenty three points. I didn't see that. That's awful. And then that Gonzaga absolutely 100% lost in the game. He oh, took three I shots in the last minute that. and a half. They all got blocked, and Zion didn't even have a touch. Yeah, I'll go with B plus them because <laughs> he's still balling, but like that didn't look good. No, he got blocked three straight, four, maybe even four times in the, a clutch situation. You hate to see it. Um, and then this the game they played before that against Auburn. He was one of five with four turnovers in the last 11 minutes. The dude's just not clutch. I mean, maybe he watches That's too important. much KD. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I think Barrett's a really good player, but he needs to pass the ball when it matters. Yeah, I don't, You have too many good teammates. You got to wonder if it's more Coach K telling him to take the last shot or if it's like him demanding the ball. But in college, you, you like to think it's the coach and not so much the player. Uh, in the NBA, it's usually more the player than the coach. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think this ranking is all about his efficiency, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty-one attempts a game is not a good look. No, but and that's not on forty-five percent shooting from inside the arc. <laughs> Thirty-one from three and sixty-two from the line. He still, to me, is pretty effective. He's had a bad couple stretches. His first few games were really good, and then his last few have not been so good. So. I think he'll pick it back up again. Maybe he's just kind of in a lull right now. All right. Yeah, I feel that. So what's your ranking for him? Probably like a B plus after I found out about the, the, yeah, point there, the field goals per game thing. That's fair. Yeah. So that was NCAA. He gets a C plus for me because I'm bitter. <laughs> Made them lose to Gonzaga. Coach dummy. Coach K gets an F for not giving Zion the ball <laughs> when you need a facts. When you need a layup, don't give it to your six nine like two ninety guy that can. Don't do give it. it to the guy who will just get a dunk instead, or at least a foul. Yeah. All right. This week uh, we got an interesting for ball. We know to end the episode. Uh, it's kind of. You know what? You, you say this one, A-Hop. You thought of it. I like it. Go ahead. So there's, the been some dis- there's been some disagreement amongst your hosts on this particular topic. Um, and this pains me to say, but for <laughs> ball, I know, I know, because I don't know that Nathan agrees with me. Steph's injury has strengthened his case for MVP. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Steph started out the season absolutely red hot. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, so I will reference the internet. But, um, I mean, he comes out and he has that game where he, he had, what, 13 threes? Like, he tied the record, which Clay then ended up breaking. I mean, he was averaging 30-something points a game. Um, his season stats right now, he's averaging 30 on 50%, 51% from the field, 50% from three, five boards, six assists, and a steal. So, Everyone was real quick to jump on the, oh, Steph's going to win MVP this year, la-da-da, whatever. To which we said, Nathan, correct me if I'm wrong, no, they have too many pieces. He's going to cool off, whatever. Steph gets hurt. And like we've mentioned already, the Warriors are 5-5. Five and five. We see again that KD is incapable of leaving, leading a team. They go 0-4 for a stretch. 
there's this whole big explosion between Draymond and Durant, which I don't think would have happened if Steph was in the lineup. So Mm. barring catastrophe, absolute catastrophe when Steph comes back, which history says is not the case. They always get better when Steph comes back from any kind of break. The Warriors are going to go back to being dominant. They're going to go on a big win streak. They're going to be back to their regular selves, especially once they get Draymond back. And this 10-game absence has exponentially strengthened his case. They were great before. They struggled without him. They'll be great again when he comes back. And from a value perspective, it's hard to disagree with that. My thing is, like, you don't know that it's just going to work when he comes back. Like, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, it looks good for him if he comes back and he just produces. That's going to be like, okay, yeah, this guy's in the discussion now because he came back, they're winning, and everybody's playing better now that he's back kind of thing. Like, I get that part. But to me, it's just like he had an injury right now. Maybe it hasn't strengthened it, but depending on what's about to happen, I think it could. Or it could go the other way. It could be like... You know, he didn't come back with the fire that we thought he was going to come back with, and maybe he's who we we thought he was. <laughs> and that the team probably wins, but maybe he only has like 18 a game or something like that. I don't know. Just a thought. It, and I agree. It's hard for me to believe that he's going to come back with the 30 a game. Mm-hmm. But, Which, but he's Steph, so he definitely could. <laughs> I think the big point here is the record they went 500 without him and barely barely 500 right and again it exposed kd's inability to lead a team so if you want to talk about these oh kd won the finals mvps when they won these last two with him fine whatever but it he doesn't look like an mvp when he's forced to play by himself on golden state he doesn't Mm -hmm. but steph does they still win when KD's out. That's true. That's a good point. And, you know, maybe if KD goes out, it, it would probably happen again. They'd probably keep winning and winning by more. And then that'd be even more telling. But, to, you know, we'll never know if KD goes out. Maybe he'll have it rest one night. We can kind of gauge it on that. Yeah, so this isn't me saying Steph is going to win the MVP now. No, I, I am still not convinced that he should. It no, looks Anthony to me Davis like is still way ahead Anthony Davis. It looks to me like Giannis is deserving of that. We'll uh-huh. see how the Lakers progress throughout the year because I think LeBron has picked it up <sighs> better. Um, nevertheless, though, I think if Steph is in the conversation, people are going to cite this stretch of games as their reason. Yeah, I feel it. I could see like us circling back around to this towards the end of the year, depending on what happens, obviously. For sure. Yeah, I agree. And with that, it's been episode 28, folks. 28. We've been potting for six months. Not every week, too. No breaks. The grind don't stop. Well, maybe this summer we can give ourselves a break. <laughs> and then something something crazy will drop. And we'll be like, nope, got to do an episode. <laughs> got to pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's been fun. I've been enjoying these uh, 28 episodes with all our fan, you know. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you. <laughs> and if yeah. our NBA takes can bring you any any happiness or enjoyment or entertainment, then so be so it. Thrilled. And if not, you're dead to me. <laughs> and if not, you probably aren't listening to this. I was so. about to say, I was like, if not, you're definitely not listening to the end of this. <laughs> and that's okay. You've already clicked away, but good riddance. You'll you'll be back when we make it big. <laughs> Calm down, Juice World. Goodbye and good riddance. Here. Uh, anyways, yeah, episode twenty-eight. Uh, lots going on in the NBA. It's, the season's still young. This has been definitely one of the most crazy seasons I, to date that I can remember. Like this is madness. Just teams everywhere. It feels like a college basketball tournament. Like some teams have win by forty one night. Next night they'll lose by twenty. It's like what's happening. <laughs> So it's, it's, a, it's a fun season. Make sure you tune in and then uh, catch back up with us every Friday and see what's happening and our takes on what's Most happening, deaf. I should say. Holler at us. If you disagree with us, if you think we're dumb, let us know. Yeah, and don't forget to review the pod and make sure to say nice things about us. You know? Or don't. 
it really your pick. it really helps us. We only have two reviews, so someone did it. That means someone else can do it too, and that's you, person. <laughs> In- insert listener name. Uh huh. Insert for ball we know diehard fan name. <laughs> totally hype it up a little more. All right, I think that's enough rambling for today. Um, yeah, episode twenty nine will be next week. Too bad episode twenty nine wasn't recorded on the twenty ninth. That'd be cool. Ooh, bummer. But uh, yeah. For Nate. For Hop. We'll see you next week. See ya. Adios. Man, I'm 75 and still alive. Like, damn, it went fast. I know somewhere up above my father's having a laugh. Every lesson that he told me adding up like it's math. And every time I'm looking dumb because I ain't listening to the man. And now I'm thinking, man, where my legacy at? As I'm staring at the child of my child on my lap. And it hits me all at once, man, this is where it at. I said, son, go get that bond. Let me show you who you are. I said, this is my legacy. I leave it for you. And it's something that's a part of me now, a part of you too. And it's more than just a game. And it's more than just a sport. If that ever truly is a sign of God, it's a proof. It'll teach you how to work, how to love, how to lose. All the dedication needed to be the man that you choose. I'm leaving it for you so you can be the better man. I handed in the rock like I put the world in his hands and now he's dribbling yeah yeah and now he's dribbling yeah yeah and now he's dribbling yeah he put some shots up in he's dribbling